Episode 26, Jonathan Burns, Yamaha Motors. Welcome to Gut Plus Science. Analytics about people. Insights for executives. Truth you can act on. A high-energy, fast-paced, results-oriented exchange featuring employee engagement evangelist and CEO, your host, Nikki Llewellyn. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, we're back and I'm inspired and want to share a best practice with you. Routinely spend time with like-minded, like-focused leaders to share ideas and get feedback. I spent half the day today with some of my city's best people leaders and walked away with so many ideas and a whole lot of inspiration. Sometimes we must go offsite with others who are not working inside our company and share problems and solutions to be able to help each other. You gain such a different perspective and the energy from others who are passionate about what they're doing is just super healthy. So just as we need personal and professional growth time as leaders, our people, our employees need it too. Encourage your people to get out of the office if possible and involved in the community initiatives that they can to give them like new perspective and bring innovative ideas back to the office and, you know, just building new relationships with people in the community, help them and help the business. So if they can't leave the office, incorporate activities that can help them connect like cross departmentally within your organization for meaningful conversations and learning. Personal growth is a huge employee engagement opportunity. It is one of the main drivers behind employee engagement today. And when our employees are involved in personal growth activities, we will see stronger communication greater diversity, and greater leadership trends in our business. So just such a win all the way around. So today we're going to be talking about someone who just oozes personal growth and development and just has such great energy. We're talking with, I'm talking with Jonathan Burns, general manager for Yamaha Motors. Jonathan is the creator of an awesome workplace for hundreds of employees to come every day. No, really. He and his team created a philosophy called Awesome Place, Awesome Props, and we're going to learn all about it, including his inspiration behind bringing this concept to life. So before we dive in with Jonathan, let's hear from one of our awesome Gut Plus Science sponsors. Are you still using Pulse surveys? How about annual questionnaires? If your organization relies on either of these, it's time to discover Amplify. Amplify has created a new way to measure employee engagement. It's where CEOs who want to know what's really happening within a workforce go to get honest feedback and to understand what needs to change for people to love their work. Companies that have used Amplify have increased productivity by as much as 30% in just three months. Best of all, it's not just data that Amplify provides. Executives get hands-on coaching with engagement specialists, people who know exactly what to do with the data. To see their latest research on employee engagement, visit Amplify.com. All right, Jonathan, welcome to Gut Plus Science. So you know this show is a tool to equip leaders with new ideas to build the culture they envision and drive employee engagement levels of their employees. So ultimately, building workplaces that people enjoy. So first up, uh, I want to know, how do you define employee engagement and what does it look like to be an engaged employee at Yamaha Motors? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, Nikki, thanks so much for having me on the Gut Plus Science show. But uh, that's a great question. And every day I am still trying to learn what exactly does employee engagement looks like. For here specifically, you know, we're a manufacturing facility. So at the end of the day, we build things and most of that action happens out on the shop floor. So really an engaged employee is someone that shows up to work 
mostly every day on time with a smile on their face and really feels like they're competent in what they're doing every single day, feels like they have support from their leadership staff. And at the end of the day, they can walk home feeling fulfilled and feeling like they made a difference today. I love that. So showing up regularly, not missing much work, smile on their face, ready to go. And I have experienced the Yamaha Motors workplace and I've seen it in action. And you've really come up with this tagline or this theory or this concept, whatever you want to call it, um, which you can probably tell me what, what exactly you refer to it as, but awesome place, awesome props. I, I want to really understand, you know, when did you roll this out and what have you seen as far as a difference that it's made in your business? Can you give us some examples and share with us like the impact that it's made so far? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So awesome was definitely a word in my mind that was rolling around of how I wanted to describe the workplace. However, it was really the management team that came up with, you know, our, what I'd call like our, our vision slogan, which is awesome place, awesome props. Our vision is to be an awesome place that builds awesome props. So the management team uh, through a series of visioning sessions with an outside facilitator, uh, we came up with that slogan together. So first and foremost, I got team buy-in. It wasn't just some kooky, wild, energetic dudes throwing around words. It was There was buy-in from the get-go from the management team. And once we had that, though, we had to operationalize it. And I didn't want just awesome place, awesome props, posters all over the place and not have any meaning. It's a cool slogan, but at the end of the day, we need to take some action and to support that vision. So after we came up with that brand slogan as a team and we went one more level down and we had a couple skip levels, you know, we, we started tossing around, what is an awesome place to work? How do you feel when you come to an awesome place of work? You know, how do you leave an awesome place to work. What is that feeling inside of you as an employee? And then we said, what determines an awesome prop? So for example, an awesome prop is one that is built using just the right amount of material or using just the amount, the right amount of time. Because at the end of the day, as much as I want this to be an awesome place to work, we still do have a job to do and that's putting awesome props in a box. So once we came up with those things, those, those feelings, how the place needs to look, how the place needs to feel, as well as what is an awesome prop. We made a document and that document is more or less our value statement and kind of the things that we live by. And we took that and it's placed in every single department. And along with that document, is a, a whiteboard with four different areas of what is currently making this place awesome, what can management do to make this place more awesome, what does the team need to do to make next week more awesome, and what are you doing to make this place more awesome. And it serves as an action board within each department where, one, if there's something a need or a resource or, you know, even a place for someone to vent about something that's going on. They can put it on the board and we will take action on it. But it also serves as something that the team can use to themselves to hold each other accountable of saying, hey, man, 
an awesome thing next week is we all got to show up to work because when someone's not here, it puts a burden on somebody else. So that's how we've operationalized the brand slogan and our vision. Uh, but we've also, you know, we, we've made thank you cards. Uh, we're starting to roll out some recognition cards uh, with awesome place, awesome props branding. And uh, as well as our uniforms, uh, everybody gets supplied t-shirts when they start here. And they used to have a slogan from the previous GM, but uh, we're now starting to, every uniform now has awesome place, awesome props on it. And also within that is, it's a picture of a fist bump and a propeller. And that's how we roll. You've been around here, Nikki. We get fist bumps. And every person on the floor, if we're not fist bumping each other, then we got issues. So that's how, that's how we're trying to take awesome place, awesome props out onto the shop floor. Wow. And I've really seen a lot of those fist bumps and they're real. I, I had talked with you before and I said, I really want to bring you on the show because the feeling that you have when you walk on your shop floor in every area is so consistent and it's authentic. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, those fist bumps are like people come in and really excited that you're walking through and ready to do that. It's just, it's really neat to see. So um, I want to break down a couple things that you just talked about. One is this action board. So I've got a couple of questions just because I want to get granular for, for myself and for our listeners. What were the sections again? So I don't have one in front of me, but uh, let me go by memory. So the first thing I want to say was uh, the first section of the board is what was awesome about this week. So it's more or less a place that where we can try to celebrate wins. Hey, what went right this week? You know, hey, someone showed up to work every day. Hey, we got our production numbers out. Hey, we didn't have any scrap. Second thing is what are the tools and resources you need? And this is specifically targeted towards us as a management team of like, hey, uh, we need this specific tool or hey, I'll give you an example. And during the summertime, the grind shop asked for icy pops. It gets hot in the grind shop and the foundry where it gets really hot, they get icy pops. Well, the grind shop said, you know what? It would be awesome if we had icy pops. So as a leadership team, we said anywhere on that board that we can take action, then we would. So we bought a freezer and Grind Shop has Icy Pops right now. And they had them all during the summer. Uh, the th third section is uh, what does the team need to do next week to be awesome? And that's just more forward statement. And that could be more organizationally like, hey, we need to make sure that we have parts hey, we need to make sure that uh, all our supplies are delivered. And then the last part of the board is what are you going to do next week to make awesome? As more of a, to see if people will hold themselves accountable to say, hey, here's how I'm gonna show up and do my part in all of this. And like I said, they're whiteboards, Nikki, and the entire team, we're out on the shop floor quite a bit, so it's the, the management team's responsibility throughout their daily walk to take a peek at these boards, you know, see what's going on. And I've encouraged, you know, my team that has access to a budget that if there's something that can be taken care of, you know, at a reasonable price, then take care of it. Just do it. Don't wait. Let's not have a committee meeting about it. Let's, let's take action. And uh, that's primarily what they've been used for is for us to take action. That is so cool. This is such a unique new learning on this show for sure. So the awesome action board is for each team on each shift. Is that right? 
That's correct. That's correct. Okay. So they're in every single department, uh, including the support departments, like out in the warehouse, uh, out in the maintenance shop, out in the R&D shop and the tooling shop as well. Okay. So to go back just a little bit here in the beginning, when you guys were rolling out your vision slogan, see, that's what I was looking for. I was trying, like, what do I call this vision slogan? Yes. We all need one of those. You worked alongside the leadership team. So everyone was working on this buy-in at the same time because you co-created it is what I heard you say, which is super awesome. Yes. My question for you, and, and so for listeners out there, highly recommend co-creation of this solution. If you're going to be taking out some big picture like vision, do it together as a leadership team. Now, my, my question to you, Jonathan, is it seems very apparent that you have employee buy-in around this as people are doing the fist bumps and just great energy. What would be your learnings? What, what are the key tips that you would give to our listeners on how to gain employee buy-in? I would love to say that we have full buy-in. We're working towards full buy-in. But I would say one of the biggest things that we did and we're still doing is, you know, we host some small group, you know, skip level lunches, you know, on the front side of putting those boards out and on the front side of rolling out our vision statement to make sure that we were in the ballpark and it was more than a feeling that, you know, this is what folks on the floor really wanted. And this is what they were looking for from an employer. You know, the other thing that I would say, and the other, I guess, tip I would give is just dive into it. You know, it, it, it might be a little messy at first. You know, I wanted things to be more perfect. I wanted all the posters to be up all at one time. You know, I wanted it to be marketed, you know, just perfectly. I think I waited a little bit too long. I wish I would have just jumped in sooner and just started talking about it and, and just started diving in and figuring out the rest later. Because uh, I think we were probably two or three months a little behind trying to make it a little too perfect. And that's, you know, a really good to just talk through. You'd said, you know, hey, that we don't have 100% buy-in. And I don't know if anything ever gets 100% buy-in, but I love your thought on just dive in because you're always going to have people that adopt to change a lot quicker than others. Yeah, for and sure. there's some that no matter how perfect you try to make your plan, they're still going to resist the change and it's just going to take time. So I absolutely love that tip. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, for sure. So Jonathan, one of the things that I learned when I was visiting on site with you, and I know I've heard this challenge uh, from a number of people. So I really want to expand on your world and having multiple shifts in various leaders overseeing each of those shifts. So one thing that you've already shared are these action boards. That is a very cool tool that I'm sure really helps with managing multiple shifts. But kind of speak to the challenge of having having multiple shifts. I'm sure that everything from recruiting, because there's a unique person that wants to work on each different shift just based on lifestyle and whatever. So everything from recruiting to success pathing of employees is probably unique with having multiple shifts. So mm. totally loaded question, but how do you manage, you know, what are the challenges around having multiple shifts and how do you manage really driving employee engagement when you've got multiple shifts and multiple leaders? You know, a three-shift operation, a place that's running essentially 24-7 is a, is a beast, especially when it comes to, you know, a desire to want to build this culture that is awesome. So it, it is no doubt a challenge. I would say first and foremost, beyond the culture side of it, is we have to make sure that we have 
clear goals and objectives in every single department. So regardless of what shift you're on, that there's a clear expectation of what is supposed to get done. And beyond the awesome place, you know, awesome props action boards, uh, we do lots of visual management around our KPIs, which include props in a box. You know, we call it our efficiency number minutes per prop. And then we also have some other KPIs that we measure, but we try to be crazy, crazy clear with what is the result that we're driving towards. If you can at least start off with that and that regardless of what shift it is, regardless of the leader of that department for that shift, if that's clear, then at least that can be communicated. Culture, you know, we're going to keep on grinding through that. We're going to keep on being better communicators, but from a day-to-day get it done to make sure that there's at least alignment of like, here are the results that we need to expect the clear goals and then, you know, executed out on, you know, big visual boards. So that's what I would say first. Secondly, and I haven't been great at this the last couple months, but it does require management up to myself to get here on third shift. I'm mostly here for all of first shift quite a bit of second shift and you have to be incredibly intentional to get here between 10 p.m. and 5.45 in the a.m. So we do have a once a month employee meeting. In fact, we actually have one tonight for second and third shift. Uh, So that's my one touch point at least during the month. And then I do my best to try to get here one, uh, one or two other times a month. Really? just to chat with folks, just to make sure that they're getting taken care of. Uh, But once again, you have to be incredibly intentional about it. I have a family too. However, folks on third, they're part of the team. Uh, They need to make sure that senior leadership knows that they're here and they're doing a great job, but it's, it's certainly a challenge. And then lastly, on the recruiting side, there's no doubt a person that specifically wants to work on third shift has a reason. One, they just really like it. Uh, It's typically a more quiet shift. Uh, There are less what I would call office people around. So it's folks that like to just come in, get their job done. And when we are in the recruiting process, before we tell folks what jobs we have available, we ask them what department looked most appealing and interesting and what shift you want to work. And we make sure that whatever they tell us, that they give an actual answer. Folks that typically say, I'll make whatever work, nah, they usually can't make whatever work. People that come in give a definite, hey, I want to work on third. I have a second job, you know, second part-time job, so third shift works for me. That's the type of person that we're looking for. But folks that typically say that, hey, I can make third work or I can make second work, it typically doesn't work out. So on the front side, we ask for specifics of what department and what shift you want to work out. Uh, just so we can do a better job creating a good fit, you know, on the front side. Very good insight on that. And I'm sure, you know, no matter what shift they're on, they want to make sure that they're getting that fist bump action. Yeah, absolutely. That's why you got to be checking up, make sure that's going on. Absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about picking up on indicators of challenges. So aside from what shows up on your action boards as a request or a challenge or something, 
or maybe a mid-level manager coming to you to make you aware of a problem that's going on, what would be your indicators that something may be wrong with a with an employee or a manager? Uh, share with us some of those signals that you typically pick mm-hmm. up on. You know, Nikki, you've been here. It, it, our shop is small enough that you can get around the shop a couple times a day and it doesn't take that much time. So most of the management team here is on the floor, including myself, at least a couple times a day. So if we're out there enough, we should be able to pick up on it just for the fact that if the norm is fist bumping and for some reason that norm is not happening for whatever reason, uh, we should be able to pick up on it just from a face-to-face point of view. Just, hey man, what's going on? You know, if there's not that enthusiasm or energy, you know, being reciprocated. However, um, you know, we have a 100% open door policy and it's especially open for section leads. Uh, Section leads, I would say, have one of the toughest jobs in the entire organization. These are the team members that are managing the prop builders and really they're answering up as well and they're being held accountable for achieving a result. So they have a, a really tough job in that they're trying to manage these folks make sure that they're taken care of while at the same time achieving results. So because of that, knowing that they have such a tough job, they get, you know, weekly check-ins personally from me of just like, Hey man, what's going on? How such and such, you know, are we experiencing any burnout? You know, are the schedules too tough? Hey, what are people saying about, you know, we're having to work this Saturday. How's that going over? Uh, so really, you know, the section leads are a great indicator of what's happening on the shop floor. And, you know, we've created an environment where those folks can be incredibly truthful about what's happening and incredibly candid. So we can nip things in the bud if they need to be taken care of. So how do you prioritize your people initiatives, especially around, you know, how much time and what things you're spending time on to build culture or enhance the experience for employees, anything HR related? A, how do you prioritize what you're going to be spending your time on, let's say on a quarterly basis? And then on the flip side, how do you measure the impact of what you're doing to know what's working and what's not working? Yeah, (laughs) that's a really great question. And it's something that I struggle with in that you know, what truly am I focusing on? And there's so many initiatives that you can chase around culture and like putting focus on, you know, one or two things at a time, you know, it's just so hard to do when there are so many ideas rolling around in your head and whatnot. So what I've tried to do, especially here lately, once we got Awesome Place, Awesome Props, you know, launched, you know, we got it out there, we're talking about it is I'm trying to go down those specific bullet points that we have of what makes an awesome place. And I try to take a couple of those, a quarter, and really dive in. So, for example, on our our document, it says, an awesome place to work is a place where you feel respected and appreciated by your coworkers and supervisor for your hard work. What does that mean? What does recognition mean? What does feeling appreciated mean? How does that manifest itself out, you know, on the shop floor, whether that's from the organization, uh, whether that's from the leadership team, whether that's from their direct supervisor? 
so like I said, I try to pick one or two things from this document to make sure that we're growing in these areas and then, you know, taking action. In terms of how I measure that, that's tough. Obviously, you know, getting out on the shop floor every single day, uh, you should be able to get a vibe, pick up what's going on, pick up how folks are feeling. But from a true measurement standpoint, we partner with Amplify to do engagement surveys. So we actually have a KPI that we can use and, you know, try to build upon. Uh, I hate saying it, but, you know, we're looking at turnover and, you know, are we experiencing more turnover or less turnover, you know, as we roll out these initiatives. And then lastly, I believe productivity is a result of an awesome engaged workforce. So I can look at, you know, how many hours we're working and how many propellers we're producing. And, you know, if those numbers line up and, you know, we're hitting it, most likely folks out on the floor are, are smiling. If we're missing that number a little bit, if we're working a little bit more OT, you can kind of pick up the general sense on the floor that, you know, morale might be, you know, in the dumps a little bit. So I think between the, uh, the KPI that we're using through Amplify, as well as just our regular basic KPIs that we use to measure the business, you can really tell whether or not these HR initiatives are, you know, pushing the ball down the field. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your insight on that. And just to like level set for a second, one of the reasons for this show is all of this stuff is really overwhelming and there's no playbook for it. It's not like, Hey, follow these steps and you know, ABC. So we're all just learning from each other. And I absolutely love what you're doing. And I think that is, that's a great way to prioritize and to be able to measure the impact So really appreciate all of your sharing today. The show flew by. We're going to take a quick break, hear from a fabulous Gut Plus Science sponsor, and we'll come right back to learn just a few things about you. So we'll be right back. In our conversations with CEOs and hiring managers, we hear they're frustrated with traditional recruiting. From outrageous fees to focusing on candidates before clients, the process was broken and needed to be fixed. Enter Titus Talent. Titus Talent Strategies serves its clients using passionate people, a proven process, and unparalleled performance. Oh, and did we mention they guarantee the performance of their candidates for 12 months? If you want to learn how they're disrupting the recruitment space, head over to TitusTalent.com. That's T-I-T-U-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com. All right, Jonathan, so this is what we call the lightning round. So we're going to ask just a couple questions just to get to know you a little bit better. You can just give me like one word answers or just short answers. What hobby do you most enjoy outside of work? I love to woodwork in my garage. Oh, wow. How about a favorite vacation spot? With the kids down on the Florida Panhandle, if it's just my wife and me, it's at a resort in Mexico. Awesome. We'll have to share some stories on that. Who is your favorite um, author or a favorite book or one book you'd recommend today? Man, I'm so stoked that you asked this question. I just read this book called Leadership and Self-Deception, and it's by the Arbinger Institute, and it is phenomenal. It was one of the most transformational books that I've ever read, and it really gets to the gut of why we view people the way that we do and, you know, why we have this kind of messed up heart and how we can uh, massage it a little bit and, you know, have some better lenses for folks. 
Awesome. I'm glad that I asked you that question too. Hey, and Jonathan, lastly, um, how can our listeners reach you if they'd like to follow up? So you can hit me up uh, via email, uh, Jonathan, and that's spelled J-O-N-A-T-H-O-N underscore B-U-R-N-S at Yamaha-Motor.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'll jump in there every once in a while. And uh, if you're in the Indianapolis area and would love to see how propellers are built, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you in our facility and give you a fist bump. I highly recommend a tour. I had an awesome time. All right, Jonathan. Hey, you are awesome. Super awesome to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. And we have so many great key takeaways. You shared a lot of stories and really good examples, and I'm going to summarize it into what we call the truth you can act on section. So here we go. Number one, drive connection to the brand. Help your employees see the impact of the work that you do and how you serve your customers by sharing stories or helping them actually go out into the world and experience that product that you're making or that service that you're offering. Number two, create a vision slogan like awesome place, awesome props. So gathering your leadership team together to co-create this, which gives you leadership buy-in from the very beginning around what it is that you want your workplace to be, do, have, and give for your employees and for your customers. And number three, I really like the idea of suggesting try like an action board or something the like where you have some different components to something that each team is collectively creating together on a weekly basis, which Jonathan talked about their action board keys are reflection and celebrating the wins, identifying tools and resources that the team needs, understanding what the team is focused on or what you'll be doing this week or next week. And then each individual team member's personal commitment. Awesome. And then finally, just dive in. Jonathan talked about, you know, getting the awesome place, awesome props philosophy off the ground and not waiting until it's perfect. You're always going to have employees who aren't going to buy in right away. Get something going, get it out there and just dive in. Don't wait until those initiatives are perfect to try them. So with that, guys, this was an awesome episode of Gut Plus Science and we'll see you again next week with another great guest. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.